love. And I'm going to be preaching on that today. Did you know that? I'm calling today's message Lit Lamps and Burning Hearts. All right, so let's stand together and turn with me to 1 Samuel 3. 1 Samuel 3. And we're going to read three verses out of 1 Samuel 3. And then we're going to Matthew 25. Lit lamps, burning hearts. How many of you are glad that as a Christian you came out of the closet? <laughs> Stories told of an older gentleman in his 50s. I, so he's a younger gentleman to me. That's a joke. I'm 52 now. I used to tell this. Anyway, in his 50s and very wealthy, but he had never been able to be married. He looked and looked and hadn't found the right woman. So one day he had to take a trip, and he got on a jet in first class, being wealthy, sat down, and as fate would have it, the most beautiful woman he'd ever seen came and sat down right next to him. And he summoned up all of his courage, and he had already thought about what he wanted in a woman and thought she was it. And so he turned to her and said, Tell me, what do you look for in a man? And she said, Oh, well... First of all, I like Indian men because tall, dark, and handsome. And I like tall, dark, and handsome. But I also have a pull towards Jewish men because, frankly, I like money. I just like nice things. And then she said, but something in me also likes the good old boy. Jumping in the pickup truck, driving out in the country, cooking hot dogs over an open fire. I just kind of like those things. And she said, by the way, you haven't told me your name. And he summoned his thoughts quickly and said, my name is Geronimo Goldberg, but my friends just call me Bubba. <laughs> Needless to say, he did not get the date. Say with me, you can't be everything to everybody. You got to be you. So we're going to talk today about letting your light shine. 1 Samuel 3, verse 2. It came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. Now keep that in mind and turn to Matthew 25. And we're going to read one of Jesus' most famous parables, the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their whatever body, lamps, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no what? No oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. 
And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. Turn to your neighbor while we read this and say, I can't give you what God has given just to me. Now to try this one on the other side of you. I can't walk your walk for you. Neither can your mama, neither can your daddy, neither can your preacher, neither can anybody on TV. You got to walk your walk. But go, rather, now here's what was the message of those who had oil. They said to the ones who didn't, go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, uh uh-oh, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. Those who were what? Ready. And what happened then? The door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Now, just so that doesn't throw you, that word no out of the Greek language and the, the tense that is used means I ha- you have not been progressively coming to know me. Your relationship with me has not been ongoing. You have not been keeping the fire lit. Watch, therefore, Jesus said, for you do not know the day or the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray that this becomes a church that seeks God so hard that, Lord, we just see such an opening on, of the doors and the windows of heaven and such a blessing is poured out that it spills out into the entire city. Stir our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell them this is going to be good today. You can be seated. Now, we've been preaching now, this is the sixth Sunday, on the main thing. Now, we've had a little slogan the whole time. Let's go ahead and say it together. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So the main thing for a believer is to keep the main thing, God and His kingdom and His way of living, His righteousness, The main thing is to keep that main thing our main thing. And if you keep the main thing the main thing, everything else has a way of taking care of itself. Now last week we saw that apart from Jesus, we can do no thing. We can't do anything apart from Jesus. We can't bear good fruit. We can't live a godly life. We can't be saved. We can't be justified, that is, declared guiltless. And we can't be sanctified, live a life that glorifies Him apart from Him. My dogs, I know I tell you a lot about my dogs, but they made me mad this week, particularly my little terrier made me so mad. But I guess God wanted to confirm my own message to me. Because I went out back, I love growing plants and flowers, I've got a bunch of them out back. This has happened to me in my 50s, I must be aging. I'm literally out there watering plants and flowers and loving it as they grow. Something has happened to me. But anyway, went out there and I see a bunch of leaves all over the ground. A little potted plant was on the patio and, and there's leaves and all over the ground. And when I got closer, I saw that my dog, my terrier, the chewing one, the, the destructive chewer, had gone into this plant and chewed away the root, chewed away the vine, 
Now, you couldn't see it because it had all kinds of flourishing flowers and leaves above, but he had gone in right at the bottom and chewed away and bit in half the vine. Well, today, I'm sitting there thinking about what I preached last week. That entire vine was dying, and God said, See, it'll look good for a while if you separate yourself from me, but if the, if the vine is clipped in half and you're disconnected from me, sooner or later it begins to show because you wilt and you die. Apart from him, we can do nothing. That's why he said, He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So we've been talking about the main thing. You've got to keep the main thing. The main thing, when you wake up in the morning... There is a main thing. There are secondary things. There are third and fourth things. But the main thing is not the Today Show. The main thing is not People Magazine. The main thing is not what movie star divorced this week. The main thing is Jesus Christ and His kingdom and His righteousness. That's the main thing. And seeking the one from whom our life flows. Now today I want to talk to you about something so important and so crucial. As a matter of fact, what happened with my dog is a great example. Because, because listen, there is something to be said about caring for our inner man. And I want to talk to you today about focusing on the care of your inner man, your spirit man, your soul, the health and well-being of your spirit. Because everything in your life is affected by what goes on in here. It's not what happens out here, everybody. It is not what takes place circumstantially. It is what condition is your spirit in? What condition is your soul in? Is it healthy? Is it green? Is it putting forth leaves? Is it putting forth fruit? Are you in touch with God? Are you fellowshipping with God? Because the inner man, the health of the inner man, touches every spectrum of life. A beautiful picture of caring for the inner man is found in the story of Samuel, and that's why I had us read it. First of all, Samuel was dedicated to God by his mother Hannah after she had interceded and begged God for a child. God gave her a child, Samuel. He was a child of promise. And the Bible says that Hannah took him to Eli the priest and literally left him to help Eli, to minister to Eli in the temple to do whatever Eli instructed him to do in the, in the taking care of and maintenance of the temple. And so here is little Samuel, and the Bible tells us four times that Samuel ministered to the Lord. We know that the first time he is recorded ministering to the Lord, he was three years old. Even a child is known by his works, whether they are bad or good. Here's a little three-year-old, dedicated to God, precocious, in his ministry to the Lord. Little three-year-old worshiping God. Listen, you think your little children don't see? You think your little children don't hear? You think they can't be taught the Word of God? Samuel was ministering to the Lord as a three-year-old child. One of his duties was to keep the seven-pronged candlestick that was lit in the temple that burned night and day. It was Samuel's job to keep that candlestick. Seven prongs came up from a stem. Seven prongs came out and each of those seven had a lamp or a light in it. And it was Samuel's job 
to keep that candle lit. Now, though it was called a candlestick, it was really a lamp with seven branches, and it was fueled by olive oil. Now, the lamp, when you studied in the Bible, symbolized something very important. That fire, those, those lights that never went out in the temple, symbolized the Word of God, symbolized God's guidance, symbolized the salvation of God. And particularly in the temple, it pictured God's everlasting presence. And that's why God had made it a command that it should never be allowed to go out. The light was never to go out. It was never to burn out. It was to burn on, not out, in the temple of God. Samuel was to take olive oil, pure and clear, which had been cleansed of leaves, twigs, and dust before the olives were crushed. They were cleansed of any leaves, any dust, any twigs, anything but pure olives. And he took that olive oil and he filled the lamps. How often did he do it? He filled the lamps every morning. He filled them each morning. At the time of the morning sacrifice, little Samuel would go in with olive oil and he would fill these lamps with fresh oil. And that way, he knew that they would burn all night long because God had designed those lamps just large enough that they would burn all night long and then they had to be replenished in the morning. Samuel learned early on. Now I want you to hear this. He learned early on something we all need to know. He learned early on to keep the lamp filled with oil daily. He knew it wasn't going to burn on last week's oil. He knew it wasn't going to burn on last year's oil. He knew that he had to replenish the oil every single day or that candle would burn low and then would finally burn out. It was as he daily ministered to the Lord, keeping that fire lit, keeping that fire lit, and kept the lamp lit, that God called his name and revealed his purpose for him as he kept the lamp lit. Now keep that in mind every morning. Here he comes, little Samuel. Grab the olive oil, pour it in the lamp, then, as the evening drew near, he'd light that lamp again. It would burn all night long, all night long, all night long. And it was Samuel's job to keep that fire going. Little did he know that he was going to be called by God to keep the light of God ever burning in Israel all the days of his life. And what God gave him to do as a child was a picture of a larger scheme of things he was going to step into as an adult. Listen, never say, I despise the day of small beginnings. Never say, where in the world could God be in the monotony of my life? Listen, God is teaching you all day, every day. If you'll open your ears to it, you just know that Samuel had to have said to himself from time to time, why in the world do I have to do this every single day? Just keep this thing burning, keep this thing burning. Because the day would come, he would become a prophetic voice for God in all of Israel. And the Word of God and the fire of God prevailed in the days of Samuel because before Samuel was raised up of God, it says the, the Word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no Word from God. So God was preparing little Samuel to one day stand up and speak the Word of the Lord to the nation of Israel, and he was going to keep the spiritual light burning all the days of his life. So God was teaching him as a child. Now Jesus said that when we are saved, when we are born again, there is created in us 
a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, but also our spirits become lit with the life of God like a lamp. Do you know what it means when God saves you? It literally means He lifes you. L-I-F-E-S. He lifes you. Before Jesus comes into our heart, we are dead in trespasses and sins. We're a lamp that is not lit. We're a lamp that was made to burn, but we don't burn because there's no life of God in our spirits. We are dead, disconnected from God, without God and without hope in this world. But then the Holy Ghost nudges our heart, convicts us of sin, draws us to Jesus Christ. And when we say, Lord, forgive me of my sin, the Holy Ghost comes into you and lifes you, and there is a lamp lit in your inner man, and it's the light of life. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you are, you are, you are, I want you to say with me, I am. You are the light of the world. Now, let's say that like we really mean it. I am the light of the world. How in the world are we the light? Because we are lanterns. We are lamps. And the Holy Ghost has come into us. And when the Holy Ghost came into us, we became a light in a dark and a dying world. Jesus said, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, your individual light, not the preacher's light, not some TV evangelist light, you've got a light. There is a light in you. God lit your lamp. You have got a light on the inside of you. It didn't come from you. It didn't source in you. It's not from you. It is from heaven. It's the Holy Ghost. It is the presence of Jesus Christ. And it's a light that should shine out of your eyes, shine on your face, shine out of your words, shine out of your walk. You are a light. Come on, everybody. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You don't light a candle and put it under a basket. Now, in this little statement that Jesus made, God is the one who lights the lamp. You are the lamp, and the lampstand is Jesus Christ. He's the one upon whom we are propped. And the world is the room that is supposed to be lit because we live in a dark age, everybody. Can I have an amen on that? The reason we are lights is because we have been placed in the midst of gross darkness. When men are calling right wrong and wrong right, it's midnight. When we're killing a million babies a year for our own convenience, it's midnight. Hey, when perversion runs rampant and nobody calls it what it is, it's midnight. When the church doesn't even talk about Jesus anymore and rarely ministers the Word of God anymore, we are in the midnight hour. It's midnight. And Jesus said, I have lit you, I have lit you so that you can shine and give light to everybody who is in this dark and fallen world. Jesus called us lit lamps that are called to shine in the night. 
Samuel put olive oil in those lamps. The olive oil in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear me on this one. Whatever God did in the Old Testament, it was a type and a shadow and a picture. It was like a finger pointing down the tunnel of time. He was giving us types and shadows of what was to come. He was saying, I'm showing you this so you can get certain things in your mind. The blood is the only thing that will cleanse away sin. And when I tell them to put oil in that lamp and the lamp should never go out, I'm giving you a picture that you as a lit people by the Holy Spirit are not to burn out. You're to burn on. I don't want you to ever go out. I want you to maintain your lamps. I want you to know I don't intend for you to flicker and die. I intend for you to burn brightly till I come again. And the oil that fuels the fire in us is the Holy Ghost of the living God, the olive oil. This is why when the Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God fell, that is when we saw a flame of fire over the heads of all the disciples because down came the oil and the fire was lit and they became lamps. The Holy Spirit was the fuel that lit the holy fire that burned in the lamp called Peter, that burned in the lamp called John, that burned in the 120 others who were there. And the Holy Spirit is the olive oil that lights the lamp of Tim and lights the lamp of Frank and lights the lamp of Kathy and lights the lamp of Ron and lights the lamp of everyone in here. You have been lit not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. Say with me, I'm lit. Now you may not feel lit, but you've been lit. And I want to talk to you today about maintaining the fire in the inner man. Now the oil that Samuel placed in the lamp each morning, I read this, I got this out of several commentaries. This is exactly the way that it was. The oil that Samuel placed in the lamp each morning was the result of the crushing and beating of olives, causing the oil that flowed out to be of the highest, finest quality. Those olives were crushed and beaten. This was God pointing again down the tunnel of time to the day that Jesus would be smitten by God and afflicted. The Bible says He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised, beaten for our iniquities. The chastisement necessary for us to experience peace with God came upon him. And by blows from a whip that cut into him, the Hebrew says, by blows from a whip that cut into him, we were healed. Jesus, like those olives, was beaten and bruised and crushed. But out of the beating and the bruising and the crushing came the olive oil, the Holy Ghost of the living God. Out of that bruising and crushed olive, God's only Son flows the oil from heaven that lights our hearts with holy fire, the Holy Spirit of the living God. It's free, but it didn't come cheap. It came by the beating and bruising and crushing of Jesus Christ. But out of that crushing came the Holy Ghost that is keeping me alive. Somebody say amen today. We've got to understand today that God is the originator of the fire. God is the originator of the fire. 
What in the world? Where did you come up with fire in your heart to come into a place like this on a Sunday morning when you could be at the fair <laughs> and worship God? What is it that moves through this place in a tangible presence as we worship Him? It's the olive oil that flows out of the crushed and bruised and beaten Savior. And it lights our hearts on fire. But God, we must understand, we didn't come up with this. This wasn't the result of a brilliant idea on our part. We didn't wake up one day and say, I believe I'm going to burn for God. You know why? Because dead people don't wake up and say, I'm going to burn for God. Dead people are raised by resurrection power. And then dead people are made alive by resurrection power. And then dead people burn for God by the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. Say, Pastor, you're a little bit excited today. You ought to be excited too. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping me alive. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. John the Revelator called that fire your first love. In the Revelation, he told, told one church, I want you to return to your first love. What has happened to your first love? You've drifted from your first love. I want you to burn with love like you used to. In his letter, John said, we love him. Here's why we love him. Because he first loved us. There was a quarter and there was a courted. You were not the quarter. You were courted. All the times God backed you into a corner, all the times He convicted you when you laid your head on the pillow at night, all the times He spoke to you with loving words and said, come to me. He pursued you. He hunted you. He called you. He wooed you. He courted you. He first loved you. The only thing we can say is, I love Him because He first courted me. Hallelujah. And if you start to drift away from Him, He'll find you again. You can't escape the hand of God. David wanted to, and David said, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I sprout wings and fly to the uttermost parts of the sea, there you will find me. If I go down to hell and make my bed in hell, and some people do, even there your hand will find me. You can't go east and escape Him, west and get away from Him, north and avoid Him, south and hide from Him. He will find you and He will court you and woo you until you are looking up and saying, I love you because you first loved me. And when you come to Him, He lights your lamp. Psalms 104.4 says, He makes His ministers a flame of fire. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. Oh, you mean preachers. No, you're a minister. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a set-apart people set aside by God that you would show forth, show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you came today to hear three points in a poem, you came to the wrong place. We need the word of God. We need to know God has called us to minister.
I want you to know today that every one of you are keepers of your own flame. Well, Pastor, my flame's out because somebody put it out. No, they did not. You let them. I'm here today because I'm married. You know who? Well, I don't know who. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. They may try to put the flame out, but you are the keeper of your flame. Nobody can put your flame out unless you let them put your flame out. Because you don't work with who I work with. I know this. You're either going to burn with fire and light or darkness will overcome you. Just go in there and let your light shine. But don't tell me they put your lamp out because they did not. It is a decision. You do not have to allow your lamp to be put out. You are the keeper of your own flame. Are you dry today? Do you feel a hundred miles away from God today? Does it seem like the best days are yesterday and not today? That is nobody's fault but the keeper of the flame. Now I'm going to meddle a little bit. Can I meddle a little bit? I've only got you one hour a week. TV's got you the rest of the time, so I'm going to give it all I got. And you really do want me to, I know. Listen to what Paul told Timothy, who was beginning to shrink back. He was beginning to leave his ministry. He was letting fear take over his life. He was allowing timidity to take over his life. That's why he was called sometimes timid Timothy, is because he was allowing the fear of men and circumstances and some illnesses in his life to quench the flame. And listen to what Paul wrote to him. He wrote to him in 2 Timothy 1.6, and he said, Timothy... My son in the faith, listen to me, fan, fan into flame. The, literally the Greek is rekindle the flame, the gift of God that is in you. He didn't say, Timothy, turn on the TV and let brother so-and-so rekindle your flame. He didn't say, Timothy, get over here to me, I'll lay hands on you and rekindle your flame. He said, Timothy, fan into a burning flame the gift that God has given you in your heart. Come on, everybody. I couldn't help bring this today. I want to show you something. This is a lamp. This isn't anything like what was in the temple, of course, but this is the best we got. Here's a lamp. It was made to burn. It was made to give light. It was made to light a path to bring light into darkness. But unless there is oil in it, it's useless. There is no life. There is no light. Now, a lot of believers don't understand. You can't live on a touch from God ten years ago. You can't constantly hearken back to the good old days and say, well, God was just pouring out His Spirit back then. I don't know what's wrong now. I'm telling you, the problem, dear Brutus, is with you. Because the flame is not dependent on somebody else. The flame is not dependent on your circumstances. The flame is up to you. You can kindle it or you can let it die. Some people get up in the morning, they know the Lord, they're going straight to heaven. If they died that day, they go to heaven, but they walk out the door just like this. And they wonder why they get tempted and attacked and overwhelmed because there's no light coming out of their life. Now I'm waiting for Joe. 
You got it? There it is. He's, he's the keeper of my flame today. This is the way God wants you walking out the door. This is the way God wants you walking through your life. Now, I'm going to do my best not to let this go out. Here's some of us. We get up in the morning. Good Lord, it's morning. We say, well, turn on the Today Show. Let me watch Katie Couric. You read the newspaper and it gets even worse. And then out the door you go. Oh, Lord, I'm just thankful. Someday I'm going to heaven. And all this mess will be over with. But then there are people who get up and they grab their Bible and they go out back and they use the three touch points that God has given us to put olive oil in our lamp because they know the keeper of the flame is not Pastor Jeff. The keeper of the flame is not somebody on TV. The keeper of the flame is not mom or dad or granddad. The keeper of the flame is me. So they get up. Now watch this. They get up and they go out and the first thing they do is they begin to worship. Say with me, worship. And when you worship God, here's what happens with the flame. Whoop. He's worshiping. Hallelujah. What's happening? Olive oil is being put in the lamp because you don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Come on, everybody. So you get out there and you just give a, a, a great big thank you to Jesus and up that flame goes. Because when you worship him, he says, I inhabit the praises of my people. And if you will worship him, he'll put oil in your lamp. I want you to say with me, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. We used to sing that in the 1970s, but that was good theology. Because you don't run on yesterday's oil. It's gone. That's why you can't light that one. We tried to light it. Couldn't light it. There's no oil in it. It's like those five foolish virgins. Were they lost? No. What was their problem? They didn't spend God, time with God. They didn't spend time with God. They didn't make the main thing the main thing. They were busy shopping. They were busy taking care of kids. They were busy buying cows. They were busy taking care of business. They were too busy for God. And there was no oil reservoir in their lamp. Now the person gets up and starts worshiping God. And here it goes. And then they open up that Bible. Oh. Because Jesus said, the entrance of my words give light. They give understanding to the simple. It says in the Bible, we don't live, we don't conduct our life by bread, by steak, by potatoes, by butter, by pretzels, by Coke, by Dr. Pepper alone. But we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And if we intake that word, it's oil in our lamp. And so they get into the word of God. And then after the word of God has lit their fire a little bit more, they feel like praying. Oh, I believe I'll pray. And up it goes again. Say, Jesus, I give you every care of my life. I spend time with you. Lord, I need finances. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. And not only do I need things, but I just want to worship you and spend time with you for who you are. I want to come to know you. Thank you, Lord, that having read your word, I know more about you now than I knew when I first woke up. I've got some oil in my lamp because at the midnight hour, something is going to happen. 
when everybody is asleep, everybody thinks everything is going on as it always has. Nobody is really looking for anything in particular. That is when the Father will turn to the Son and say, Go get your bride. And there will be a return of Christ to the world. Do you really believe this, Pastor Jeff? Well, I believe it so much. I want my inner man looking just like this. Let me see this, Joe. Let me see the other one. You can go out of the house in the morning like this. Potential. But I get nothing out of potential. If somebody tells me you got real potential for something, that doesn't mean a thing to me. It doesn't bring me a dollar. It doesn't bring me any achievements. Potential is nothing but potential. You've got the potential to really burn for God. Forget potential. Why don't you do this? Why don't you really burn for God? Spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. You can go out the door like this. Are you going to defeat the devil like this? Are you going to bring anybody to Jesus like this with your sour old face driving in rush hour traffic, mad at everybody that passes you? There you are. Or you can drive down the highway just like this. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. When I see somebody like this, I know what they've been doing. And when I see somebody like this, I know what they haven't been doing. If they're like this, they've been spending time with Jesus. Now you get a whole church full of these, and you just walking in the door. He'll say, what is that? What is that? They all look happy. I don't think they smoked it. I don't think they shot it. I don't think they snorted it. I don't think they drank it. Where'd they get it? Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Why am I preaching on seeking God? Because you are the light of the world. And the only way that lamp stays lit is if you spend time in the touch points that God has given us, prayer, the Word, and worship. Those five foolish were taken up with the five wise. And they said, oh no, they're turning it. There's nothing in there. When was the last time you were with God? Oh, in that revival in 79. And they're looking for a little bit of oil to light the lamp. He says, depart from me. You have not been progressively coming, ongoingly knowing me. Oh, well, we'll be right back. And you come back and all the churches are dead. Because the live ones were taken. When do we walk with God? Now. Walk with God now. So say with me the word, prayer, and worship. Put oil in my lamp so that you've got a reserve. You've got a reserve. You've got a reserve. And your lamp burns in the midnight hour. And it's burning 
and it's got oil to spare when Jesus comes. But you can't take mine, and I can't take yours. Can we stand together? Now, here's what's happening to so much of the church world as we close. Watch this. They're not talking about Jesus much anymore. You don't hear the word quoted much anymore. It seems like a bunch of motivational stuff and not anything that gets people saved. People come in looking for hope. You know what they need to hear? Jesus. But this is what's happening out there. Let every one of you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I encourage you before God, get up daily, like Samuel put oil in that lamp daily, and just say, Lord, I can't make it without you. I got to have oil. I got to have the word. I got to have your presence all over me as a result of worship. I've got to give you the cares of this world and let the Spirit of God fill me in the place of prayer. I need to walk out the door lit. Father, we thank you that you're the source of our life. We thank you, Lord, that this is not religion, that this is relationship. And as we keep that relationship ongoing, our lamps will not burn out. They will burn on. Now, with every head bowed, I want to pray for people who can say, you know, Pastor, I just felt burned out. I've just been tired and beat up and just run ragged. And I needed this today. But I need for the one who lit the lamp to help me to light it, rekindle it into a flame again. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, would you? Just put it up high. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Many people. I tell you, I've done it. I've done it in the ministry. I've burned myself out before, and I had to go back to the basics. So often we do. With the hands raised, I'm going to pray for you. Keep your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. God sees it. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person with upraised hand. Lord, this world does its best to put out the flame, does its best to put out the flame. And the only way to counter it, Lord, is to spend time in the touch points, prayer, the word, and worship. So, Lord God, thank you that in this service today you've filled us with oil. That, Lord, we're going out into a devil-infested world. Now I'm asking you, Father, fill, touch these people with hands raised. Light the lamps. Lord, help them to fan into flame, into a raging flame again. The flame that you once lit, that you first lit when you first loved us and saved us. I pray, Lord, for a holy fire, the fire of zeal, the fire of holy passion to fill this congregation that when we wake up on 
Sunday mornings. We'll jump up knowing I'm going to church where we're going to worship and get the olive oil filling the lamp. But then on Monday through Friday, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to access the touch points and I'm going to let Jesus fill the lamp with oil. If I've got to stop in the middle of the day, slip off into a room alone and worship you to get oil in the lamp, I will do it. The Lord help us to burn on as lights in the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Give him a hand of praise today, everybody, can you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, praise him. Let's go ahead and just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Well, I needed that today. I'm going to get that CD. By the way, how many of you have been joining?